0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Danny and Dusty.
1: meringue tang is going to be a thing.
2: You're not coining anything new.
0: With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the fan man Hera.
2: All those with monkey sounds in there are called good.
0: The, the old Mikey. Danny Meringue pie? Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080.
1: Yeah, this is gonna be awesome. The fan. Good afternoon! Happy Monday, everybody! Uh, Danny Meringue not with us right now. Um, he just still needs a little bit of time to uh, understand and realize that USC has fallen back down to earth a little bit. Uh, they are no longer uh, the invincible Trojans that started the season. So uh, he's taking a few minutes out. <laughs> oh, no, he's had uh, Trailblazers Media Day today. That's right. Oh, that's right. No, uh, he is at Blazers Media Day. He will be back. Uh, oh, I think they're just wrapping up right now um with, with media day so he's going to hightail it over here he's going to have some deets on all of the things that have been going on uh this trailblazers media day uh i saw i see a lot of tweets coming out of uh the meringue uh twitter bots about the Blazers so i'm excited to see uh kind of what's going on i heard in your update there that um is something about a new addition Bobby Brown is starting but, yeah mm-hmm. Bobby Brown yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that is that what's happening? No, it's his prerogative. It, it is if he wants to. Um, no, the Blazers with the new additions, it, it's looking like uh, most of the starting lineup is set. And we'll get his thoughts on where we will see that small forward position go uh, when he gets back from media day. So this is going to be. Uh, I, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for today because I don't know if we've had as great of a weekend as competitive of a weekend of football. Uh, in quite some time. I mean, you, from the local schools in Oregon and Oregon State, uh, one coming out on top, the other one falling short, and epic battles uh, in both of those games up in the Palouse and uh, down in Corvallis, and then the NFL weekend too. I mean, the NFL weekend is – the NFL is continuing to deliver, and in the weirdest ways possible. I mean, for goodness sakes, we had – Dan Orlovsky getting reclamation for was stepping out of the back of the end zone in Sunday night football. You have Mark Sanchez getting redemption for the butt punt. Uh, the butt fumble now turns into the butt punt, which I don't know how number 14 for the Miami Dolphins, who is the personal protector. I don't know how he got up and walked off of the field <laughs> after that punter from point-blank range. Punted a ball directly into his backside. But it ended up making for a wild finish in Buffalo last night. Or yesterday afternoon, I guess I should say. I am here for all of it in the NFL because we have great games. And it's, everything's just turned on its head uh, because you have Brady and Rogers playing in, in pillow fights offensively. I hate it when they're calling that a defensive battle. Did you watch any of that game, Rust? Which one again? The Buccaneers and uh, Green Bay Packers. No, my TV the, was allergic to it. The game that I had for the over of 42 points, because I just had faith <laughs> that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers would put on a little bit more of a show. Guess yeah. what happened? Uh, not that. Not that. <laughs> not that. And somebody was like, this is a defense. No, it was not a defensive battle. It was They were allergic to offense. Your TV, you were allergic to that game. My goodness, they were allergic to the end zone in that game. You had so many times they were driving down the field. Nope, 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 nope. are going to shoot ourselves in the foot right here. Uh, so I don't even know what to make of the first three weeks of the NFL, but we'll we'll try to dissect it as best we can today. We have a bunch of college football that we need to get to, um, including not just the Ducks and the Beavs, uh, but I know that a lot of folks are reveling in Miami, losing to Middle Tennessee State, Um I would like to just say it again. Texas cannot be back even for a half. We got a lot of stuff on the national level that we need to talk about as well. And who had in their bingo card Kent state putting up the most points against Georgia this season. (laughs) Yeah. Right. My goodness. (laughs) Oh man. But um, yeah, we got a ton of football. Did you have a good weekend rust? Absolutely.
3: We went out uh, Saturday night. The kids were at Grammy and Papa's house. And so, yeah, yeah. the wife and I, we went out and had some dinner and, Got a go uh, at the Roseland, me first in the gimme gimmies. I'd never see them in concert before, so that was a blast.
1: First in the gimme gimmies, huh? Yes, sir. Banging the out the me first in,
3: in the gimme gimmies.
1: <laughs> the best band in the world? Absolutely. That, that me first in the gimme gimmies? Yes, that one. That would be it. Uh, are we going to have like nothing but me first in the gimme give me rejoiners today? Is this, <laughs> is this what we're heading down? <laughs> That's all I got is the one drop. Okay, well. Yeah, shockingly, it's not in our system, is it? Right? No, it's not. No, unfortunately, it's not. I might weird. have to work on that. Yeah, no, it's okay. I should have uh, made it. I should have made it a me first uh, Monday
3: with Danny not here.
1: Right, it is Metal Monday. Yeah, it is Metal Monday. Well, that's fun. So you guys, have, where was that one at? Was that at the the, the Roseland? Bottle? Oh, the Roseland.
3: Yes, I hadn't been there in a couple decades.
1: <laughs> yeah, how was it? How was it?
3: The floor's still sticky. No way. Yeah, I know. It's weird, right?
1: Get right out of town. <laughs> Get you right know, out of town. If that, if that floor was not sticky, that would be the news. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you have polar opposites. You have the crystal ball room where you have the flo- floating dance floor, right? hmm And then you have the Rosen where they literally are trying to stick you to the floor there. Yes. It is anything but the floating <laughs> dance floor. I was it surprised, is like flypaper.
3: Right. I was surprised, too. It was an all-ages show, but I was surprised at how many like,
1: small children were there seemed like an odd choice. Did but. they think like me first in the gimme gimmies was like a kids band? Did I, they think that it was uh those what were the what were the 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 three creepy dudes that used to sing to everybody? Oh, the uh, I know the tech sign will get help us yeah, on this right. One. 503-250-1080. All I can think of is the
3: Teletubbies, but yeah. that ain't it. <laughs>
1: nope. Yeah. Wrong. Wrong. Um nope, it's something weirder than that. Uh yeah, maybe they thought it was a kids band. I, that's about the only explanation, because, yeah, there was a bunch of rugrats running around there. Either like, that or you know, they... Eight years old, probably, if I had to guess. And they looked him in the eyes and they said, you know what? If you want to get the gimme give look what you're going to turn into. Right. This is where you end up. Yeah. But little kids running around there, my goodness. Yeah,
3: with the lead singer dropping F-bombs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Odd choice. Sometimes
1: it happens. Yep. Sometimes it happens. All right. <clears throat> yeah. Good weekend, uh, good weekend all the way around, then. Yeah. I had a manly moment today. It always feels good to have those manly moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that is far more difficult than it sounds like it would be is uh, mounting your television to the wall. Oh, yes.
3: I don't <laughs> trust myself to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I mounted and in problem solved. I did even some troubleshooting. Ooh. I did some troubleshooting, yeah, because, uh, you know, studs are 16 inches apart, right? right. You know, in, in the wall, studs. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for we have like this little cutout above our mantle where it I don't know it's different it, it was they're twenty inches apart and so the little uh, mount that we got for the TV mm-hmm. it's only sixteen inches wide so I had to troubleshoot went and got the two by four uh, two by fours to connect the two uh, the the two uh, studs there yeah right right went, went across. Even went as far as to uh, paint with the match. The paint, ooh, huh?
0: Even though the TV
1: will be in front of it, yeah, right. I knew, I knew that uh, the missus would want those to be painted. Yes, so I painted them. Uh, Maybe in the doghouse a little bit later because I used her blow dryer to uh, speed that process up this morning. (laughs) There you go. Uh, May or may not have accidentally touched said painted. A uh, two-by-four with the blow dryer? Oh, uh-oh. It's okay. I think I got most of it off. Um, and then, like, it's one of those things where you sit there and you feel very accomplished. And then I looked at the clock and said, uh-oh, I'm running <laughs> a little bit late. And uh had to hightail it out out of the house. And I will definitely be in trouble later because I left Everything, including every tool oh. and every part, just laying in our living room. Yeah, that's my wife's biggest
3: pet peeve. Whenever I do a project, hey, like, but you Why know, can't you pick up after yourself?
1: Yeah, you know what my response is. Hey, you can have it. You can't have it both ways. Okay, you can't yeah. have me pick it up and be able to do it. I'm, I'm a one trick pony right now. <laughs> I can either do this project and scurry out of the house because I got lost in time, or I cannot do it and we can have this thing. We can have a spick and span living room. You can't have both of them right now, and uh, I know that that won't fly very well, and I will be in the dock house later. So, but for right now, I'm relishing in that moment of you figure out a way to problem solve it, and there is something satisfying about, uh, about you know the measuring, and then you, you mount something on the wall, Absolutely. and then you put the level back on it, and yep. you're like, nailed it. Perfect. <laughs> nailed it. I can't wait to see what I did wrong, though, you know?
3: <laughs> well, yeah, well, I guess we'll see if the TV is still up when you get home, right?
1: <laughs> oh, the TV didn't go up there. Yeah, I didn't put the oh, TV Oh, just up the mount so far? Just the mount. Dude, look, right.
3: <laughs> Baby <laughs> steps.
1: On, I barely got this. I barely got this thing together, all right? Uh, but we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. We'll get there enough. We'll get there eventually. All right. Oh, man. Uh, thank you to all of the carpenters and contractors that are, are out there giving me all of these uh, tips and recommendations. Uh, I will make sure I take a photo of all of them, mm-hmm. and when the TV falls off the wall, I will use your advice. There we
3: go. Oh, it looks like we got textures coming in with the wiggles.
1: The Wiggles! There we That's go. That's who those guys were. Yeah. Maybe the parents thought that me first and the Gimme-Gimmes were like the Wiggles. <laughs> it would be like a cautionary tale. Boy, were they wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. <clears throat> we're going to get to this. Uh, let's get this show on the road, shall we? Uh, what a weekend of football that we had, it, just as we all thought it would play out as well. Let's start up on the Palouse. The Ducks win a game that ended in misery so many times before. Danny and Dusty on the fan.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny and Dusty on the fan.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Motorhead, man. Well, I mean, like, this is, uh, I don't know, this isn't like classic oh. metal. This is classic yeah. metal. Classic metal. This is so classic. All right. Let's get to this. Uh, what a weekend it was in College Football. We will go through everybody in the Pac-12, uh, including the Huskies putting on a show up in Seattle. Uh, but we got to start with the Ducks and the Beefs. Uh also, ooh, speaking of huskies, shout out to my neighbor uh Boring Gary. He likes to be called Boring Gary. Uh he he let me use some tools uh, this morning. So, shout out to Boring Gary who is a husky. He will get uh he will get husky talk today because of the fact he let me use his tools today. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um all right, let's get to that game up in the Palouse. Look, this weekend was exactly how we all thought it would play out, right? Precisely. You had uh, your two defensive coaches and Dan Lanning and Jake Dickert play to a 44-41 shootout. (laughs) Meanwhile, the offensive uh, geniuses of Lincoln Riley and Jonathan Smith play to a 17-14 dogfight down in Corvallis. Just like everybody drew it up. Just uh, That's exactly how we wanted it to play out, and of course it did. Uh, But that 44-41 win uh, for Oregon, and, and I think this goes for USC as well, it shows you how hard it is to play well and win on the road. Yeah, um, and going on the road is not an easy thing to do. And this is why you know we always say stop playing these neutral site games where it's going to be you know home games for the SEC teams because when you have the crowd on your side, it is a game changer. There's a lot of comfort just being close to home and not having to travel quite as far. You know, sleeping in a different bed and you know, having to get up and go and play somewhere else, it's a tough thing to do. I mean, it, it sounds like it should be easy, and there's probably people that are rolling their eyes at it. Well, if winning on the road was so easy, then everybody could do it, right? Right. It is, it, and it, it kind of showed how hard it can be, especially when you have a team that is well-coached and is very talented, and Washington Washington State is that. I think all of that hype that we had heard about Cameron Ward uh, coming into the season after his slow start to the season where the first couple of games... It was really just him trying to figure it out and find comfort with his new pieces. Boy, the last two weeks he's found it, and he found it in a big way against the Ducks defense, going 37 to 48, 375 yards and a couple of touchdowns, Um, and and just his escapability and his elusiveness. It was incredible to watch him play, and you see where all the hype uh, is coming from and why it was so justified. But that game for Oregon, and when we talk about how hard it is to play on the road and You know, there's just some schools that play others hard, right? Washington State is that for Oregon. Oregon State is that for USC, right? It doesn't matter if a team is up or down. Uh, They just will play you tough. And the Cougs have always been that team for Oregon. And how many times has Oregon gone up to Pullman and lost that football game? A game that plays out just like that. Yes, a lot. And they lose it. And it took a Herculean effort. And it took an incredible push at the end. That stretch of football, you think about what it took for Oregon to win that game, right? It took a 29-point fourth quarter. A 29-point, not just a 29-point fourth quarter, but a 2-minute and 48-second span of football. That was absolutely flawless. Yes. It was flawless, and it had to be flawless. Oregon was trailing 34-22, to 22 and Bo Nix in the Ducks marched down the field, and it, that was one heck of a drive. That 75-yard drive where they hit Cam McCormick in the back of the end zone uh, for a touchdown to make it 34-29. You're going, oh, we think there might be a little bit of a chance here. And then the defense has to come out. And think of how, like, how fine this line is. Defense has to come out. They force a three and out in under a minute. Okay, And then one minute later, your offense is back on the field, and they go quick strike, a one-minute drive. and they're dancing in the end zone on the other side of things. I mean, in in that one, to me, the Troy Franklin 50-yard touchdown, right, where he goes how many times in that game, and I was sitting there watching the game with a buddy, and I go, does Oregon have, like, any yards after catch, (laughs) right? (laughs) There was a point, like, through three quarters where there was a lot of big plays, but (laughs) they were getting tackled, like, right away, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there and you're like, man, the yards after catch are few and far between. Then Troy Franklin goes and scampers into the end zone uh, with, what, like 30 yards after catch. And it was an incredible just kind of momentum-shifting play where you sat there and all of those explosives that Dan Lanning had talked about and Kenny Dillingham had talked about from the time they got hired to – you know, when the season began and everybody's like, where are these explosives? Where are these explosives? Well, they came in a big way, especially in that two-minute and 48-second drive or span where Oregon had 21 plays in that game uh, that were considered explosives, right? Those are pass plays of over 15 yards and run plays of over 10. They had 21 of them. That's good. That is really good. That I mean, that is a... That is one heck of an effort. Four of those plays came in the fourth quarter. Okay. And that's when you're talking about having to be flawless in that span and strike quick. You get that touchdown. And then Mace Funa, who, hey, he's been the GOAT for a lot of these games, he's been, he was the star for that series. He intercepts that ball and scampers into the end zone. It doesn't get much bigger than that, where the tides you felt had turned in Oregon's favor when they take that 37-34 lead. That interception, you sat there and you went from, oh my goodness, Oregon is, is going to get trounced in this game. This is another one of those Murphy's Law games in the Palouse where if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. And it did for a long stretches of that game. That two-minute and 48-second stretch where they go from down 34 to 22 to up 44 to 34, it was flawless football. Yeah. It was absolutely flawless football. And that is one part you had players making plays, right? And you saw talent win out. And if you want to go across the board dude for dude, Oregon we knew had the more talented roster top to bottom. What I will also what we also saw out of that is that this staff has got those guys tuned in, because how many times have we seen teams in the past when when those sorts of deficits are facing them, and they're down 34 to 22 in Pullman, we see that roll over, right? There's some fight in this Oregon team, and it showed in that stretch in Pullman. Uh, it was that was an incredible, incredible game for Oregon to come out on top because that Washington State team it is not a fluke their 3 and 0 start. Uh it is unfortunate for the Cougs that that they do have to start 3 and 1 in that fashion, but at the same time there is so much to look forward to if you're a Washington State fan because you've seen your defense carry you at times. Now your offense has done it too. And for Oregon, you went on the road and you exercised a lot of demons. You exercised a lot of demons. We mentioned the 21 big plays that they had. They had nine plays of 20 or more yards in that game. Man. Nine of them. Okay? They had two plays of over 50 yards. And if you think, like thinking in all in these terms, those, they're averaging 20 big plays per game. Right now, that's bananas. That is, yeah, they have 80 of them. That's good for fifth nationally. That's bananas. And you want to talk about the explosiveness that that Oregon has been missing in the offense over the last full uh, handful of years. Dillingham, this staff, they are doing it. And it is one part, like, in we've gone back, we have gone back uh, in back and forth over this over the last handful of years, right? Anthony Brown took a lot of heat Mm -hmm. as the Oregon quarterback. And it was, look at the system and look at the playmakers. They, the receivers were not getting separation, and the system was designed not to put the defense on the field for that long. They wanted to grind out drives, and they wanted to be methodical, and they wanted to throw back offense. And see what happened in Miami this, this past weekend where they <laughs> lost to Middle Tennessee State. Ouch. I think a lot of what is happening with this Oregon team is you are seeing talent is elevating and you're seeing guys like Troy Franklin who had another outstanding performance and now he's put three of these together. And I think that you can you can say without a doubt he is that go-to receiver that everybody's been uh, looking for. I think when you see Terrence Ferguson continuing to be that safety blanket for Bo Nix in this offense and then you look at Bucky Irving and what he's been able to do, uh, this running back room is, is, is different, man. It is... It, It's the new guys. Yeah, well, they tightened
3: up that rotation on Saturday, too. They sure
1: did, because we're starting to see Sean Dollars not get any action, really. Yeah. Um, And you're looking at how many guys got carries even in that game. I think we only had three running backs get carries in that game, and they are all new. Yeah, Irving and
3: Whittington each with 11 carries, and And Jordan James
1: had three. The freshman. The freshman Jordan James. So the two transfers and uh, the freshman are the guys getting the bulk of the carries there. And if you're looking at that, you're seeing playmakers emerge. You are seeing playmakers emerge in this, in this offense. And I think we're getting a lot of the questions that fans had at the beginning of the year. Those are being answered about your coaching staff. Kenny Dillingham has been prepared and he has moved the ball in every single game. And it has never been a question about whether or not this offense is schematically in the right place. It is about execution. And it, it came down to that execution, Uh, In this game, even, Mm -hmm. I mean, think of that first half and how that first half played out is in the second half in the second quarter. Well, it was about like we had like three minutes, something like that in the in the third or second quarter. And Oregon is driving down the field and it's a ten six ball game at the time. The Ducks are on the seven yard line when Bo Nix throws that pick six where I mean, telegraphing that pass is a, a kind way to put it. Yeah. I mean, he stared a hole through that receiver, and <laughs> yes. the linebacker was like, "Are, are you really, you, you really okay? If okay. you're gonna throw it here, I'll take it." Yep, and he did. And he went to the house. Think of the the sliding doors of that right there, right? right? That, made, that makes it seventeen to six. That's not a scheme. That's a you have to execute. If yes. you execute. This offense in this team is looking like a completely different game. Well,
3: and they could have easily. You know, hung their heads and and just written it up to you. Oh, you know, looks like this is how it's going to go on the Palouse again. And mm-hmm. and but they came out and even even uh, after they answered with the field goal, you know, with what what a minute and a half left before before halftime.
1: Yep,
3: it's having to settle for the field goal that still could have been easy for them to hang their heads and just you know the, uh, write it um, mail it in. But they came out and they didn't. Yep. They kept fighting.
1: And uh, you know, as this texture points out, the Sean Dollar's catch. On that fourth down play, right before the pick six, he he's getting his he's getting his opportunities, and that's where he's going to be the guy that uh, in his where his impact is going to be made. Right? Yep. I mean, and that, no, that was seven McGee, wasn't it? That was seven McGee. I thought. Was it? Um, but Do- dollars had the the short the short gain. Yes. Um, this is where the impact is going to be made. Is it's going to be with those three backs? It will be with those the the new guys. It'll be Bucky Irving, Noel Whittington, and it'll be Jordan James going to be carrying that load. And for this Oregon team to win in Pullman, man, what that is that is one heck of a win. And yeah. I think that a, a lot of those questions that we had heading in are going to be answered. There is one thing though that Dan Landing had kind of said it all throughout spring ball, said it through training camp. Um There are going to be mistakes that he makes in in, as a head coach because there's situations that that he's never been in before, right? Mm -hmm. I wonder about chasing those two points early. If he could have like in in, when you when you look back, it all worked out. Yeah, everything is fine, right? But chasing those two points right early in that second half Mm -hmm. was that too early to go for two? And in wondering kind of how that whole thing would, would have played out because there was a situation they were down by five. Yeah. Could have been down by, you know, 4 you're sitting there down by four. Or no, they were down right. by, what was it? When right after that, they were down by five and then they scored. Um, it it, let's see when they, uh, yeah.
3: In the third quarter there, it made it 17, 15. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah 17, so they went for two to tie it.
1: So you went for two to tie it. If you kick the extra point right there. Right. Yep. Is that too early as as you're kind of looking at it and the way it played out, it didn't hurt him at all. But at the same token, um, when you're sitting there and you're doing the math going forward, I think when it was what is it 29 34, uh, you're going, all right, if we can get a couple of field goals and not need those sixes anymore, yeah, was that too early? It worked out. It, it worked, worked out, out for him just fine. But I was sitting there going and looking as as this thing was getting towards the fourth quarter, going, all right, well. Is it too, was it too soon to, to chase the two? It worked out. It worked out. It worked out. I and wonder it, if the truth serum, if, if he's looking back and going over things and saying, yeah, maybe we score in a three-play drive. We don't need to tie the game right there. We could have gotten all the momentum in the world was at, our, hand, at mm-hmm. our back, and all the wind was at our back at that point.
3: Well, and it's nice to have, to come out on the positive side of things in terms of the crazy things that can happen on the Palouse, seemingly every time they go there. You know? <laughs> nice to have the good stuff.
1: All right, five zero three two five zero ten eighty. That is a fan tech sign. All right, um, we'll have more on the ducks coming up, including what do duck fans think of Bo Nix coming out of that uh, out of that game up in Pullman? He had one hell of an effort, going thirty three of forty four for four hundred and twenty eight yards. Is your opinion of Bo Nix changing now that he had his best performance he's ever had in a road game? Danny and Dusty, we're going to talk the Beavs next, though. Uh, Beavers fall in the heartbreaker. Uh, Caleb Williams is in Nightmare of Beav fans, not for the reasons that people thought he would be. Danny and Dusty, here's Rust with SportsCenter. <laughs>
0: This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. 503
1: 250 1080. That is the fan text line. Uh, question coming up uh, for later in the show uh, Duck fans, are you bone believers now? Uh, after a road win up in the blues. Uh, but we welcome in Danny Merang. He's back. He's huh. back. How was my, my monkey? How was uh, Portland Trailblazers media day?
2: Uh, quick, fast, in a hurry, man. They, cool. uh, they they got in, got it out, banged everything out very quickly because they are hopping on a plane here. Uh, very soon to head down to Santa Barbara to get training camp started. And, you know, I kept that sentence going just so you couldn't grab clean drop.
1: Nope. Yes, we will. <laughs> Jeff Rust is a magician in there, and I know you will work your magic. You have a, because I was a, of a second. I was looking. My eyes lit up when I heard you <laughs> s- say that sentence. Uh, your ears must have been burning because uh, uh-huh. how convenient that you decide that you're going to show up for the segment where we tease Beeves falling in a heartbreaker down at Research Stadium. That was one hell of a football game. Uh,
2: my stomach was in knots. Probably two hours after that game, I could not sleep at all. It was the most. It was the most nervous wreck I have been watching a USC game in probably a decade because it felt like there was real stakes. Um, tremendous football. Tremendous yep. football from both sides. Caleb Williams wizardry. Uh, Oregon State's defensive line getting after it. Uh, both <laughs> the the contrast of Oregon State coming in a running ball and Travis Dye being maybe the best player on the field between both teams and nobody talking about it. Uh, just a tremendous game being played.
1: It was it was incredible. And, I, and a lot of people, and I saw this coming out, like the knocks on Caleb Williams coming out of it because he didn't put up his gaudy numbers that he, he normally does. How about you give a little credit to Oregon State's secondary who was blanketing yep. Jordan Addison all night long. Mario Williams is having trouble getting open. They forced USC to beat them with Travis Dye, and Travis Dye did beat yes. them. With all of that said, like this game grinding to a halt, I said it all week long leading up to it, Oregon State has fits the profile mm-hmm. of the teams that give Lincoln Riley so much issues over the history of his career. It is fundamentally sound football where you have good in the back end. You are stout up front. Maybe you don't have a ton of depth. Kansas State, when he's beat, when Kansas mm. State has beat them before. But they are fundamentally sound teams that will chew up as much clock as they possibly can. What nipped the beeves in the bud was, it was Chance Nolan, man. Yeah. It was Chance Nolan. Chance Nolan ended up being what killed Oregon State's chances in that game.
2: A couple points here. Number one, it's kind of funny you bring up Kansas State, who with even without Lincoln Riley upset Oklahoma. Which shouts to Oklahoma. Um, but I want to go from this from a couple different points. Everything you just said, absolutely true. From the USC side of things, Travis Dine was a monster mm-hmm. defensively. Everybody questioned can can USC keep up? Can they do anything? Folks, we might have to readjust how we look at USC's defense. They lead the country in takeaways. They have the best turnover margin in the country. Yep. They get to the quarterback endlessly. They turn you over. They make you make mistakes. This is four games now where they have done this. This might be a part of who they are. And while they did give up plenty on the run, they didn't get their back broken, which I thought was an instrumental part of that game. For Oregon State, their defense got after it, and I want to give them all the credit in the world – but I also, maybe this is my USC homerism, maybe not. Caleb Williams missed more opportunities and more throws than I've seen him in the 10 games that I've ever seen him play. He, even on his checkdowns, when he did have space and he did have time, he missed guys. That regularly. is
1: pressure. That, I give, I no, give it, that it credit to, to Oregon yes, State's defense. I mean,
2: 100%. It got to him early.
1: This is, that is not, and I that is a guy that, he was seeing ghosts for a long stretch of that game because he's and accurate. Actually, Oregon State, if he they wrap up, my goodness, the nightmares that Caleb Williams is going to give Oregon State fans for a long time is not him torching you down the field with you know dropping dimes over the shoulder of Rajon Wright to to Jordan Addison. It's the fact that you had him in your grasp
2: eleven times, eleven so pressures. many times,
1: and I don't know—is it Austin Jones? Is that number six? Yes. There was one play on, on the scoring drive where Addison got his touchdown late where he wrapped up an Oregon State defender in the backfield and he tackled him from behind. Yep, and and I was the, like
2: – You had the right tackle, pull one, too." I
1: was sitting there going, what is going on here? It's only a flag if they call it. It is. And, and there, I, I bet if we were to go back and you nitpick the, the video, there were several opportunities on the other side too. But that one seemed like it was a backbreaker – but just as we were talking about with Oregon going up to Washington State, at the end of the day, talent won.
2: Yep, and talent that, wins. And that's the thing is, listen, uh, I'll tell you as the USC guy, full full blow. If you're going to have all that money with USC, if you're not spending it on the refs, what are you spending it on? Okay, for all the very mad Oregon <laughs> fans. Oh, wow, I'm going to lean. That into, is not going to help <laughs> I'm gonna your. Lead, I'm going to lead into the villain here a little oh, bit. Oh boy! But overall, <clears throat> excuse me. A tremendous game was played by both teams. And both teams had opportunities. And, and I think as much as Chance Nolan gave the game away, you also have to credit USC for forcing those turnovers. Gentry was huge in generating two of those turnovers, one off the deflection and one where Chance had to throw over the top. Um, and Oregon State, their their defensive backs, the, the broadcast was fantastic and talking about over and over again passing off from corner to safety, corner to corner, corner to linebacker. They did a tremendous job on the deep coverage. My criticism uh, of watching USC as being that guy. I thought USC's game plan was pretty terrible. They tried to go deep without establishing anything, and Caleb kept trying to force it and force it. Oregon State was feeding into it. And honestly, USC is very lucky that Oregon State did not come down with one of those seven contested balls.
1: That but that's just who they are. That's their offense. That's not a game play. That's that's what USC is. That's what Oklahoma was. That is that that is what they do. That yeah. is not a that's not like a bad game plan. That's what they are every single day because Lincoln Riley's offense is to take what the defense gives you mm-hmm. right. Every play has an option on it. They took the options.
2: The seeing goats, ghosts, ghost part of this, I think, is where it bothered Caleb because he kept going yeah. deep. Because if you if if you watch the all twenty two, you can see it during the live action. He missed Mario Williams a half dozen times. He missed Jordan Addison, God knows how many times early on because he was seeing those ghosts.
1: And that's one of the things too about you know Oregon State and if you are going to win a game and you are going to upset a team like USC, where they are the most more talented team. Uh, I've I've heard and seen a lot of the. Uh, You didn't put Chance Nolan in a place where he could succeed throwing four interceptions. You don't want to have the ball in his hand. USC, you have to trust that your guy's going to make that play. And he is going to make those plays. You don't win that game unless Chance Nolan makes some of those plays. Because if you become predictable, then you lose. And you lose in a landslide, right? I I thought Oregon State did a fantastic job. Your coaches have to have faith in your guys that they will execute. And there were opportunities for Oregon State. They could not execute yeah. in those moments. And I think that you know, it, it's so popular to go back and, and crush you know the offensive coordinators. Every fan base does it. Yeah. Every single fan base I, does it. I'm not going
2: it. to on this game.
1: I thought Oregon State said, all right, if we are going to win, Chance Nolan needs to make these throws. He needs to be able to make these reads, and I'll be damned if for a large part of the part of the game he did it. Le- he did it, but it's the critical mistakes. The Those leverage. happen. Those happen. Yeah. But if you're going to beat USC, you can't go in with any other game plan. You can't call that game any other way if you're Brian Lingren or Jonathan Smith, because if you do, your ass is getting railroaded right out of Research Stadium.
2: And that's that's what USC is looking for. And honestly, as on the other side of this. Watching that Oregon State team, I thought Lindgren and Smith, I thought they scripted the hell out of this game. Their first down plays, their their change of possession plays were tremendous. They had something dialed up the first two plays of every drive that got them huge chunks of yards. They got into plus territory over and over and over again very quickly. But those high leverage situations, they fell short. And whether it was penalties, whether it was turnovers, that was the difference in the game is that on those high leverage situations, USC came out on top in the most important one where Caleb Williams made an no. NFL throw and threw an absolute dart to Jordan Addison.
1: Yep, but um, it is, it's is—it's kind of one of those things where did Oregon State give everybody else a blueprint um, for success or is this just one of those things where it was a blip on USC's radar? We're going to find out here in the coming weeks because uh, Oregon State, they've got a huge one this next weekend as they go – uh, and they have to take on Utah on the road in Rice-Eccles Stadium. Uh, Brant Keithy, their star tight end, is done for the year. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, Trojans they get to they have a nice little get-right week. <laughs> they get Arizona State, and then uh, they get Washington State and Utah. That's going to be a little bit of a gauntlet that they have after they play uh, ASU coming up this week. Uh, one thing that I, I want to touch on is the two atmospheres that we saw this weekend locally because. They were pretty impressive. Danny Dusty on the fan.
2: They got in, got it out, banged everything out very quickly. I felt
1: the air rise up in me. Kneel down, and clear
2: the stone of the leaves. I wander out right where you can't see. Inside Michelle, I wait, Sandley. I felt the air rise up in me. Danny
0: and Dusty and on the 10 Odyssey, 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 Odyssey app and 1080, The, 80, 80, the 80, Fan.
1: All right, 503-250-1080, that'd be the fan text line. Uh, the environment, small but effective uh, this past weekend. You saw, what, 38,000 strong at Martin Stadium up in Pullman, and then, what is it, 29,000? Yeah, at research double, not
2: Double SRO.
1: Not, uh, there were still empty seats, though, up in the corners, like next to the USC band where uh, OSU put USC's band, which I applaud them for. You can still I, hear it. I hope they do it more because that band is the most annoying thing in college football. (laughs) This is the only song we play. My God. You can still hear it.
3: Oh, God, It's like the old George Harrison song. This song is just six words long.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or that lamb chop song, the song that never ends. Distinct
2: uh, uh, similarities for sure.
1: Yes. uh, Of annoyance. They got – it got loud, though, at Reser. I was it, – it seemed like it was an electric environment. And this is what I always say is that, you know, there's a lot of fan bases that, that get credit for being, you know, some of the best and most raucous environments in all of mm-hmm. college football. You know, Autzen is has long been this. It's about having a good team mm-hmm. and ha- having a competitive game and something that you, you get up for. I don't think that there is – you can't have a a game where if the seats are full and the action is good, it's gonna be electric. going can be lively, and you saw both of these games were so mm-hmm. dang loud. Like any any time you hear, it's about the moment in the stage that you're on. Right, that's where you have these environments make a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. Oregon made theirs because they had massive games, beating Michigan, beating Oklahoma where people are looking around going, wait a minute. Like This was this, like a Lloyd Carr said it was mm-hmm. the loudest place he's ever been in his, his life. Like, yeah, because guess what? It, it was a good game, yeah. and the seats were full because it you feed off of that energy of the game being played. And I thought Pullman and Corvallis, I thought Pullman on the national stage, they put on one hell of a show, and you saw 29,000 of the loudest people that nobody saw on the Pac-12 network. Um, put on one spectacle, it was loud. Like, you could feel it. It was it was a really cool to see both of those small stadiums uh, be so raucous and lively.
2: Both the – down in research, uh, both the Oregon State players and the USC players who had been there before, both said it was one of the craziest games they'd ever been a part of. Great. That, that the, the environment, the atmosphere, even though half the stands are missing, it was still lit. I mean, that's – that's a testament to the game, to the players, to the fans for being after it, being engaged. And there's just something about college atmosphere and games that matter, man, that just, you, you know, it just adds to the greatness of it all. And It's awesome that both fan bases of the quote unquote, smaller schools turned up.
1: Yep, I loved it, man. It was great. It was great to see. We had awesome football here. We're not done with it either. Uh, well, more on the Ducks and uh, the beeves in their thrilling weekends that they had. One uh, thrilling in a good way, the other thrilling in, in a terrible way. But I, I honestly, I, I think that if you are an Oregon State fan and you're coming out of that game, it stings, it sucks that you lost uh, to USC. But that fight, that is a program heading in the right direction. And they're going to win a lot of football games with Jonathan Smith. That would have been a massive... Hallmark win and one of those ones that you hang your hat on and, uh, you know, one of the program changers, but you're still looking for that win. They can do it. And they're going to have, they're going to have some pelts on the wall when it's all said and done at the end of this year and moving forward. Um, All right. Coming up hour number two, we got the worst day on the web, a college football version of it. We're going to try to get around the pac 12 as well, but let's get to the NFL An unprecedented start to the NFL season. Danny Dusty on the fan.